As a lawn care provider, do you want to make a year-round income? Are you worried at the end of the lawn care season because you don't know how you're going to make it through the winter? Then you need to check out the 12-month contract from the Mowing in the Dark podcast. This is the same contract that Aaron uses to grow his lawn care business. This 100% editable 12-month contract template is available for only $5.99. The contract has rock-solid terms and conditions, so you are protected from all kinds of liability in lawn maintenance and snow removal. Get your 12-month contract at mowinginthedarkpodcast.com today. I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, I have to apologize right off the bat. I wasn't able to get a Faith Friday episode out last week. I was sick. You can probably still hear that in my voice today. I am just getting over a head cold and it has been miserable. Uh, I was sick for about two weeks with this head cold, and it was just not fun at all. And I'm still sniffly and coughing a lot and things like that. So I might have to cough in the middle of this episode and things like that. You'll just have to deal with it. You might hear me sniff a little bit, things like that. That's just what it is. All right, guys. So another exciting thing. If you're listening to this, you are getting a sneak preview that I got the new machine in. I got it in on Wednesday morning. All right. So the new machine, if you listen to the rest of the podcast episodes, but a lot of other people don't listen to the Faith Friday episodes. And so if you're listening to this, you're the first to know that I have the new machine in, I want to say in-house, but it's here. All right. I have it. It's here. And I will be talking about that on on Tuesday's episode. So please stay tuned for Tuesday's episode. You're going to hear what I got. You're going to hear all the exciting news around that. All right. So stay tuned for that. You're the first to know that I got the new machine. All right. Without too much further ado, today is a Faith Friday episode, and last last time we did a Faith Friday, we finished up the book of Ephesians. Today, we are jumping into the book of Galatians, all right? So if you have a Bible with you, if you're at home listening to this, grab your Bible, read along with us, okay? So we're starting into Galatians. Just a little background on Galatians before we jump in. Uh, Galatians was written by Paul. Um, I like Paul's books, however, or, or letters, I should say, but uh, he gets very wordy and he he writes a lot of run-on sentences. You guys know that I don't care for that, but it's Paul, right? So uh, Paul wrote the book of Galatians and it was written to the church at Galatia. And the, the whole purpose around the book of, or the letter to the Galatians was that these guys named the Judaizers were putting 
they were putting thoughts in the Galatian church's head that they needed to be circumcised as well as believe in Jesus Christ. And Paul is here telling them, no, you don't need to do that. So he's Paul is fighting against this legalism, legalistic stuff that the Judaizers are trying to bring into the church. And so that is just a little bit of background on the book of Galatians. Sorry, guys, I'm getting sniffly already. So the way we do this here is I read through the whole chapter, a whole chapter of the book, and then we go back to verse one and we break it down verse by verse all the way to the end of the chapter, okay? Um, I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't claim to be. I never went to Bible school. I just like the word of God, and so I like to share that with people. So that's what I do here on the Faith Friday episodes. I really believe that faith plays a, an integral part in business. And so I, I feel like I need to add that to my podcast episodes um, with, with a business podcast. I think it's very important. All right. So without any further ado, let's jump into Galatians chapter one. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with him, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him fifteen days. 
I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. And that ends Galatians chapter 1. I apologize for the reading mistakes there. It's been a while since I've done this. All right, let's keep going here. Back to verse 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God, the Father, who raised him from the dead. All right, so Paul is just telling them that he is not, he's, Paul is going into his apostleship, okay? Because some of the church might have been questioning his, uh, his role in the church, because remember, he was persecuting the church, and now he's made this huge change. And so everybody's probably wondering, how, do, how is this guy doing this? By whom is he doing this? And so he's saying here, he's not sent from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me. All the brothers with me, that means the other apostles, okay? to the church at Galatia, all right, verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, so he. this is like Paul's normal introduction. So if you're new to the Faith Friday episodes, we've done that. We've heard this type of introduction from Paul at least three or four times now. So um, that's his normal kind of introduction. All right, let's keep going here. Now we're going to get into Paul's apostleship. Or I'm sorry, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going right now. We're going into verse six, where Paul talks about the church being led astray. All right. Verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. These people were, were hearing the Judaizers, as we talked about in the introduction, and they were starting to follow that. So they, these are non-Jewish people. The church at Galatia, they're non-Jewish people. But the Judaizers, people that are Jews, came in, Jews that converted to Christianity, came into the church and were telling the, the, non, the non-Jews, the, the Gentiles, that they needed to be circumcised because the Jews were circumcised. And that was the only way that they could go to heaven was if they followed the law. And that's just not the case anymore. That now that Jesus came, that's Paul. What is Paul? That's what Paul is reminding these people of. Verse seven, which is really no gospel at all. There, the Judaizers are adding things to the gospel that aren't there. Okay. Eventually, some people are thrown. Evidently, sorry. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Again. 
They're adding things to the gospel. The Bible says, do not add in Revelation. It says, do not add or take away. Now, that is specifically for the book of Revelation, I believe, but I think that can be applied to the entire Bible. Do not add or take away anything from this scripture. Verse 8, but even if we we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. So what he's saying here is if anyone is preaching a different gospel than what the what the apostles, what the 12, and then the 13, because Paul is one, um, if they if anyone preaches a different gospel, even if it's an angel, do not believe them. Let those people be eternally condemned. Right? That's what that's how seriously Paul is taking the the twisting of the gospel. And that's how that's how seriously we should take the twisting of the gospel as well. In the church today, there is a lot of twisting the gospel. Nowhere in the gospel does it say that you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. Nowhere in the gospel does it say that you need to do that. Speaking in tongues is a gift. It's a spiritual gift. Yes, it does not say that you need to speak in tongues in order to be saved. It does not say it. It's not there. Also, it does not say in the gospel that you need to be baptized. It doesn't say it. It says repent and believe and be baptized. But baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. It is not has nothing to do with inward change. It's just a symbol, a sign of death, death to yourself, death, death to sin, and rising again in Jesus Christ. All right, uh, verse 9. As we have already said, so now I say again, he's just reiterating here, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what we what you accepted when you first heard it, let him be eternally condemned. Verse 10. I am now am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. What he's saying here is if I'm trying to please men, if I'm not speaking the truth, then then I would not be a servant of Christ. I, I, I couldn't be because I'd be serving myself. I'd be serving men. And I, you can't do both. You can't serve Christ and serve men in, in this context. All right. You can't you can't serve God and, and preach his gospel and at the same time tickle the ears of the person listening to you and soothe soothe what they want to hear. You know, we see that a lot in today's churches where sin isn't talked about. Sin is never talked about in a lot of churches today. They just brush over it. They they go to the the simple easy scriptures that don't don't talk about sin ruining your life. Sin the con- the condemnation of sin. They don't talk about it. How can you know that you're lost if someone doesn't tell you that you're lost? How how can you know your sinful your sinful position if somebody doesn't tell you 
your sinful position. When, when, when a missionary goes to a, an unchurched, unreached people group, they have, to, they have to help those people understand, first, that they're lost, that they need a Savior, because they don't understand their sinful, their sinful nature. And so if we don't understand our sinful nature, how can we be saved? You have to understand the sinful nature in order to understand salvation. All right, verse 11. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that I made up. All right, so this is where Paul goes into like where he got the gospel, how he's an apostle, what, what happened here, you know, what, what are his credentials, okay? So I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that I made up. Paul's just saying, I didn't make this stuff up, guys. Listen to the other apostles. They're saying the same thing. I didn't make this up. Verse 12, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. So Paul heard this, whether in a dream or physically with with the spirit of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And I believe this happened on the road to Damascus when Paul was struck or Saul was struck blind and his name was changed to Saul. I believe that Jesus actually came and spent time with Paul and, and taught him all these things, opened his eyes to these things. All right. Because we're going to see why in just a minute here. Uh, Verse 13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. Paul, formerly Saul, was like top of the class. He was gung-ho to destroy this new thing called the church or the way. He was, he was like, he was throwing people in prison. He was having people killed. I mean, he was a thorn in the side of the new church. He was trying to destroy it. Verse 13, for you have heard my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Verse 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. So Paul was like all in on Judaism. He knew the law backwards and forwards. He could he had it memorized. He had the first 5 books of the Bible memorized. He could recite it to you. And so that's where Paul is at. Like he's all in on the law. All right? But Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So now Paul is like, I'm going to destroy this church because I don't believe the Messiah has come. And then Jesus comes and strikes him blind on the road to Damascus and just changes his whole world. Paul does a 180, all right? Verse 15, but when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul, he is saying here that he was set aside from birth. This was God's plan 
from Paul's birth that Paul would end up persecuting the church. He would be educated. Paul was the most educated person to write any portion of scripture. He was highly educated and he knows his stuff. And for him to change and to do a complete 180 from what he was doing, persecuting the church is a miracle. It's a miracle that only Jesus Christ himself could have performed. All right, Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Let's read verse 15 again. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. So Paul is just, he's building on his, on his resume here. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see, see those who were apostles. So he didn't, when, after Paul felt, you know, met with Jesus, after he was struck blind, he, he left the area. He left the region because he was probably quite distraught over the things he was doing. First of all, that's usually what happens when you have a change of heart. And so now Paul is like, I got to get out of here for a little while. Verse 18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. So it was only after Paul got out of town, he got out of Dodge. He was like, I got to get out of here because other things could have been going on. Like the Jews could have been after him now because he completely changed. We don't know. It doesn't say and it. The, Paul doesn't say, and we do know later on that, yes, the Jews were after Paul. And um, so now we're, we're seeing that he had to get out of town. So he left and then he came back to Damascus. And then after three years, so this was quite a long time span. We don't know how long he was in. Uh, where was it? He went to um, Arabia. So he, that could be a part of the three years. We don't exactly know, but he says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. He only stayed with Peter for 15 days, but this was kind of an interview process probably by Peter to Paul and vice versa. Paul needed to get to know Peter and Peter needed to get get to know Paul. Who is this guy? You know, all right. Verse 19. I saw none none of of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. So if you didn't know, James, the same James that wrote the book of James in the Bible, is actually Jesus' half-brother. All right, so um, this kind of blows the theory out of the water that Jesus didn't have any other siblings. He was an only child. Mary never had any other kids. She, she only bore Jesus that blows it out of the water. Okay. A lot of Catholics believe that, that this verse, and there's other verses in the Bible that just completely destroy that theory. All right. That Mary did not have any other children. That's just hogwash. All right. Verse 19. I saw none of none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Verse 20. 
I assure you before God that I that what I am writing you is no lie. Now, why, you know, his word, they've got to take his word for it, essentially. And um, they, this church, the church at Galatia, they could write Peter and they could say, you know, hey, is this Paul guy legit? Is he really who he says he is? Because there are people that believe that Galatians may have been the first book that, that Paul ever wrote. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but if they needed to verify who this Paul guy was, they could write to Peter or some of the other apostles and see if this Paul guy was really who he says he is. All right. Verse 20, or I'm sorry, verse 21. Later, I went to Syria and Sicily, Cilicia. Sorry, I have a hard time pronouncing that one. I per, um, later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. Verse 22. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. All right, so the churches in Judea didn't know about Paul. They didn't know him. They didn't know who he was. All right. Verse 23. They only heard the report. All right. So the word about this guy, Saul, was floating around and Paul was floating around the church because obviously he was persecuting the church as Saul. And then all of a sudden his persecution of the church stopped. All right. Verse 23. They only heard the report. Quote, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. That's pretty um, a pretty amazing testimony just right there that he's now preaching the very thing that he was trying to destroy. That should prove to them right there that Paul is who he says he is because not many people just do a 180 switch like that. First, they're trying to kill you. Now they are one of you. That doesn't usually happen. All right, verse 24. And they praised God because of me. So the church at Galatia, or I'm sorry, the churches at Judea praised God because of Paul, because he, he changed, Paul's life was changed. He became a different person. He was going one way and turned around and went the complete opposite direction. And that is where Galatians chapter one ends. And we're going to get into Galatians chapter two, where Paul is accepted by the other apostles. And we're going to get into more of Paul's resume. That's part of the, the first two chapters in Galatians is kind of Paul's resume here on who he is. And so we're going to keep diving into that as we go into chapter two, but that's it for this Faith Friday episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't listened to the other Faith Friday episodes, go back into the archives, look it up, look up the other Faith Friday episodes. They're awesome. At least I think they're awesome. Um, God's word is awesome. And it, it's just really nice to dig into it. You know, I don't care if you listen to my commentary at all, but if you want to get just a short and sweet Bible reading for the day, if, if you're not able to do that, if you can't carve out enough time to sit down and do that, just read and listen to the reading of the word and then go on about your day. Cause my words, they don't, they don't mean a whole lot, but I think the God's word is what you need to hear. 
And so that's what I really hope that you get from this is God's word. All right. So that's it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.